0: testosterone and estrogen they get the major focus but those aren't the only ones but could your hormones be off and causing you problems like fatigue mood swings menstrual suffering infertility low energy low muscle mass weight gain low libido in this show we cover the primary symptoms of hormone dysregulation in women men and children This is my functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness. So we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others. And today we're talking about hormones. When you have physical and mental struggles, we'd all like to find that specific culprit that can be addressed and fixed. And all of a sudden we feel great, right? Well, seldom is there any one such thing, but if there was hormones, Those issues are surprisingly common. I'm with my Functional Friday co-host, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert. And with a lot of his patients showcasing various maladies, he is working with them on hormone treatments. So listen in, see if you find issues you relate to and some direction to get help. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast... I'd ask you to subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think. Best thing you can do is keep talking about what you hear with someone else. It'll help you digest it and embrace it more and it'll help them too. You can always find and connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I address hormones. All right so last show we talked about diabetes and as you talked about as we're sitting here chatting about this in prep that you know everything is a part of everything uh, every illness, whatever. It's a part of all the stuff, all the, you know, all the pillars we talk about areas of functional medicine. But as you said, to tease things out, sometimes there, you know, it's a specific issue, a specific manifestation right now, uh, globally, always America's, you know, tends to be the worst, but globally hormones seems to be more and more of a topic. I just looked it up mm. and just like diabetes, man, it's in the news. It's talking about uh, hormone imbalances in women and testosterone and guys and estrogen and blah, 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 blah. So it's this, Big manifestation, if we can call so that 's yeah. what I wanted to look at and so, right off the bat, will you kind of hit on some of the primary symptoms for women, men, and kids?
1: yeah, hormones. so what a watchword this is in in our country and globally, and it 's kind of funny, you started off with diabetes, which is a hormone imbalance, so yeah. insulin is a hormone. And uh, in fact, it, it, that's a good segue into these other things. If we start off with women and men a lot of times, and it is, uh, it can be related to our overweightness and sugar content and that kind of thing, but hormones are going to be a part of the equation of Unexplained weight gain or why can't I lose this weight? So that's a common one. Fatigue is a common one. Um, stress hormones, cortisol. And we all live in this stressed out world, so cortisol tends to get out of balance. And and that can equal insomnia. We haven't uh, thought about it in that way, so our, our sleep gets disrupted. Um, and then a long list of the more famous hormone related things so for women the painful menstrual cycle the hot flashes through menopause the sense of 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 oldness or tiredness and and we can stop there and say hormones are kind of the spice of life so all throughout here I'll talk about there's a sense of this for men there would be a sense of a loss of strength a sense of softness Rather than hardness to the muscles, even to uh, an an erection, a sense of softness versus hardness does have a hormonal connection. To be sure, I was going to say sex drive Um, overall, sex drive overdraw, overdraw, uh, libido, Um, and again, it's not that it just "quote unquote" doesn't turn on. It's a sense of it's not quite right, and and that gets so, and then that gets into your head, and whether you're the male or the female, it's like whoa what's going on here and, and then and of course your hormones are exactly there responding to your brain yeah um so infertility, part of it's
0: legit and part then it gets you're saying it gets psychosomatic to which is there. also
1: legit yeah oh, well, <laughs> right yeah. i mean that's so it's 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 the one it's the it's the spice of life that god's that god's grace you also with. i
0: want to i want to pull out because it's again such a growing issue you talked about fertility in both sides
1: Yeah, infertility. So, twenty percent of couples are now in that infertile uh, place. So, if you're listening to this, and you know, like a few months ago, we had a young couple in, and they might not be thinking about it because they're not so gung ho. But if you've been having unprotected, so no contraception, and of course for a year, and there's no there's no conception, that's infertility. Mm. Well, that's becoming common, and so twenty percent of people, and it's hugely frustrating and this is not the kind of thing that people post right like hey we tried again and nothing happened and so you know it gets hidden it's painful it's so it's frustrating and people think gosh I don't work and and mostly women do but 20 uh so 40 percent of the problem is the is the man and we'll come back so well let's just segue there worldwide testosterone is on a hockey stick of decline worldwide testosterone so in fact that that's an easy google right there if people just google that and uh you know national geographic and other are are asking the question are we becoming will at this current rate will we become sterile yes the human race will die out right now if nothing changes the level of testosterone we're going to keep going lower to where we cannot procreate why great question that is is the hugely uh, frustrating why situation. And so, like you said at the beginning, everything's related to everything, but we're gonna go back to um, what is going on in the physiology of body. Well, I would say the the foundations. There's not enough rest and Sabbath. There's too much stress. We don't give our bodies what it needs. And when it comes to testosterone, as we sort of tease things out, uh, zinc is closely related to that. Chromium, um, the building blocks of all hormones are fats. Well, for the last hundred years, we've been on an anti fat campaign. And so, all of a sudden, you know, whole two, three generations of people went through their young years eating low fat snack wells, cookies, and low fat dressing and whatever else. Sugar, not fat. Uh, Right. Switched it over to that, which is also bad for the hormones. So, we don't really know exactly why. Lots of conjecture there, but enough, so that's I would say number one is what are we putting into our bodies, and number two on the input is the toxins. So the concept of neuroendocrine disruptors is very real, and and this gets uh, controversial into the social media world and people yelling at things on you know about Monsanto and glyphosate and those kind of things. But I would say look. It's not that Germany and France are, are stupid, backwoodsy countries, and these countries are not allowing glyphosate, which is Roundup, right? Uh, they don't Roundup, allow it, which is a, a weed killer. Weak, right. right, and now we have genetically modified Roundup-ready foods. You, they don't allow it, and so there's the debate, right? And smart people are, but it's money and politics and all of that stuff. What they can't now, we can debate about. How much impact does Roundup have on you know my personal testosterone level? And, and that would be a very difficult thing to prove one way or the other. But you can't argue against the fact that worldwide testosterone levels are going down. No doubt. Infertility is going up. We have new toxin levels every day, all the time, with new chemicals that aren't put through safety mechanisms like we all think that they should be. Uh, there's just too many of them. And then where I get really wrapped up in that is you might – isolate a chemical and spend a million dollars and say, look, we've proven that this is not harmful. Great. But what cannot be proven is what about when somebody's a little tired or dehydrated? Is it, is it also unharmful if I have a virus or the combination of all of the above? Yeah. That is infinite upon infinite complexity. And we so we can't look at you know, the plastic water thing you're drinking out of and say that's proven to be not harmful or, or whatever. So we have to take a step back. And here again, people go, oh, my gosh, we'll just throw in the towel and, you know, swing by McDonald's and, and you know, eat, drink and be merry because we're all going to die of a toxin. Every,
0: everything's everything.
1: Oh. Everything is everything. And, and say, no, 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 you can step back and be proactive. Be leaning forward into your own stabilities for wellness
0: I mean because okay, so is this i think i 've said this before to some degree, but you know here we are doing these uh, things that lead to ill health you know we're, things we 're not putting into our body, things we are putting into our body, uh, you know, our environment, stress toxins relationships i mean it 's all there, and yet it manifests in these certain channels, yeah. it happens to manifest into this thing called diabetes, it manifests into this thing called infertility yeah infertility and and hormone issues no different than it could i'm going to be facetious but it could manifest and all of a sudden there's a rise in people's left eyeballs falling out yeah we don't know why that's the manifestation but it's just a result of all this stuff so we come back to hormones wait but i do want to hit on infertility because that was one that was so big to me when i first started working with you was how many people we think of infertility and what do you do, man, you go and you spend zillions on all these treatments and efforts and drugs, and whatever. And how many people did you have come in here and you help just address the foundational issues of their life and boom, they got pregnant.
1: Yeah. nobody, nobody didn't. There was not anybody that came in with, we think we might be on the infertility side. And then it didn't happen if they wanted it to. Uh, so, but I don't know how many, you know, is that five people or 50? Um, let, let's let's we got sidetracked there on the male side, worldwide low testosterone, the toxicants, and those kind of things that are going in. What about so forty percent of infertility is male, forty percent is female, and twenty percent is exactly what I was talking about. The male's not quite right, the female's not quite right, and they just keep missing. They don't hit each other at the right perfect time, and those might be the couples who are like, yeah, for three years nothing, and then boom, yeah. right there. That's kind of weird, and so. You know, so on the male side it's not az, uh azosper, it's not aspermia where there's no sperm that's that's pretty rare, but it's oligo, meaning there's fewer sperm per milliliter than 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 we have seen in the past There's yeah. just fewer so they don't have a chance to get to where they want to go. And they are immotal or dismotal. So, you know, they're flipping their little tails along and they're not as strong. They're not as directional. They're not as whatever. So that's what we're seeing. That's the common state. So 40% of male have just improperly functioning sperm, whether it's related to fatigue or zinc or this or that or the other or all that stuff. And Then over here on the female side, it's more obvious because now we're over here and, and it's the... It's part and parcel going along with maybe if we we go to the teenagers and somebody, you know, their, their menarche, when they start having a menstrual cycle, it's really sputtery. I Like, you know, it hits and fits and spurts, and it's very painful. And it is either they skip weeks or it's every two weeks. It's just not right in terms of its timing. And if I go 100 feet down the road here, to our local high school, and I say, how many women in here? So now, you know, 14 to 18. How many women in here have uh, just moody PMS? You know, a few bad days. How many women have acne that gets really worse during your cycle? How many women? Um, you get cramping. Enough to take some ibuprofen or maybe you miss a day of school. It's easily 90%. Mm-hmm. easily. So, it's again, we've commonized it women think this is what women do and i just ache for these well i want so i want to hit a layman's term because as we
0: talk about in i think every single show that we are in this you know last 100 200 years of all these problems and and these manifestations that did not exist back then so if we go back to our great grandparents and our great 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 whatever and there, uh, ladies out in the field, she's out there until the moment she has birth. She may just have birth out there. Now we have this big brouhaha in the hospital and treat it like an emergency. Same thing, or in a in a less acute way, but PMS comes along. I mean, they, they're out there picking their vegetables. I mean, it's it wasn't this debilitating issue
1: right. that it is today. And it's, again, So and back then, the social mores, and we don't really know, how did... Our great-grandmas talk about their menstrual cycle, right? I, we, we, they probably They, didn't. they just didn't yeah. talk about it. Well, probably, actually, they probably did amongst the women. Amongst themselves. The community of women that they had that, again, women don't have today for it, the most part. And that's where we would say, well, these existed for sure, but not in 90%. Yeah. And I, I don't know that we know the percentage of those kinds of symptoms without severe diagnoses like endometriosis or something like that well, existed.
0: Just, just back to you normalizing it, it is now it's, normal. You have PMS, you're wrecked.
1: And, you, yeah. you get- and not only that, you're expected to be wrecked. Yeah. And pretty soon these days, I'll, I'll pick on Google because, you know, they let you take naps at work or whatever. Famously, you can do it at Google offices. But it's, oh, we'll make an amend for that you know you get a special room or something like that not to say anything it has not that isn't womanhood womanhood does not mean i get wrecked once a month for a few days it oughtn't mean that it does now
0: and just like manhood doesn't mean that you should now reach 40 or 50 and you have sexual dysfunction uh, and uh, get wrecked and that now Uh, it's the norm and and for disclosure i get asked uh, on the Ziegler show sp- specifically for advertising for that a lot. And it, no reason I shouldn't other than, you know, it's kind of a sensitive topic. I got a conservative audience, so I, I don't do that. But what speaks to me is that I keep getting asked that, that people are advertising for it because it is in a growing demand. Back to your, you know, testosterone yeah. uh, issue that's, or decrease that's happening and people are having to now take a drug to try to address it's this
1: it. issue that should not be normal. That should not be normal. That's That's right. We have normalized it, and and back to, I mean, you have um, women, children in your home, and I grew up with sisters. I don't have any women, children, and it was a theme. And we, you know, we were gentle, and and that's what I'm teaching my boys is this is like the height of respect to a woman, is understanding how physiology really does work. They're special. This is fertility. This is... Part of the human condition, it requires this this monthly menstrual cycle happens for forty fifty years, and you might give birth, you know, two three four whatever times, or or not at all, or whatever. But it is it's special, and now it's become a burden. Women, how many times? And then we've, if we go to menopausal time period, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, can I just be done?" How about we use some surgical techniques? I don't need these organs anymore. No. And, and so, and there's consequences to that. It's not that you're born with a super efficiency of an ovary or, and so if we, if we're going along our list, so that's the young women with, with acne and, and painful breasts and, and the, the painful menstrual cycle. And it's very common. <laughs> Um,
0: well, more, more, I feel like even in the time that I've been with you, that it's more and more. Uh, well, everything. You know, the symptoms are getting <laughs> in younger and younger people. But yeah, that that we're now you're mm-hmm. not over here just treating hormone stuff in fifty year old and plus women. You're oh, dealing no. with a fifteen year old girl.
1: Yes, and 25, 35, 45, 55. Because yeah. for women, for men, it's not, you know, it's acne in, in the teen years is not normal. So there again, you know, teenagers doesn't equal acne in every person on every planet all the but, time.
0: I mean, so I've got, right now in my house, I have three boys of uh, over the age of 14. One of them has, Ian, he, he, he's acne. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's it. The others don't don't never have it be, boom it's him so that's a great analogy so here's a, a family where they're eating the same they're i mean he's not a stressed out kid he's just chill and whatever so very similar
1: and yet that's his gig he's got okay acne. and that's fair we could say do hormones have an impact on young person's acne and the answer is clearly clearly it does but it's not causal you can't look at a kid with acne and go oh hormones I mean that's just so incredibly abundant. Well, he's and the one who also
0: had asthmatic stuff as a kid. He was always a little yeah. more prone. So he's, just like you, you've got a kid
1: who's who's going to get something if, yeah. if something is going to happen. He's There's
0: some propensity, right?
1: Uh, deficit,
0: and, and you've whatever.
1: got a, another kid when it comes to the sugar that if she's going to be exposed yeah. to that, she's going to get the the thing. Yeah. Ian won't. I mean, he's going to eat, you know, a gallon of ice cream a day for years before. He- <laughs> That's not helping his acne. <laughs> That's probably not helping his acne.
0: <laughs> but, but, there, but that I, I do want to, you know, as you said, tease that out to where yeah. we are saying that, okay, let's take if we take everybody, if you take uh, 10 patients, 10 men, 10 women, all the same symptoms, and you help undergird and strengthen the overall the functional yeah, medicine, yeah, if you do that, uh-huh. that you're going to have a couple of them that still have X issue, and you're going to go. You know what? You might be well served for a literal hormone treatment, and you prescribe it.
1: Yeah, and that's where. Well, and we test it. So that's uh, we're going to do the we're going to do the lab work, Right, right, right? And and that so and that's where I would say the biomarkers are helpful. The. And the guy's going to be low in, te- what are the, what are the, for the guy? Just low, uh, low in testosterone. Boom. There it is. And you looked at our scores. recently, Yeah. Didn't you? Uh, yeah. And so the other hormones that people aren't going to know about the DHEA, the DHT, the, uh, the cortisol uh, for women, you know, progesterone and estrogen. And so we actually test estradiol, the main estrogen in men, yeah. because in men, you, especially Don't if we you're have overweight, Don't we have absolutely. In fact, there was one. I had a man the other day and I'm and he was getting one of these uh injections and I said, "Dude, you've got as much you've got more estrogen than a lot of women. So, you're going to feel different." And we have women <laughs> with increasing testosterone? Did you say that? Uh no, they so well because I mean, they are supposed to have a level. Yeah, they do. And actually more women are going to have low testosterone on on that side. Oh. Right. So uh it's a great, great topic. Uh, well, it, it, just to hit on hormones. that, you know, because we'll get in, well, we need to get into foods. I don't know if you want
0: to now or not, but we hear with estrogen, how many people, especially the health conscious ones have heard, don't eat soy. It's got well, estrogen in it. Yeah. It's going to
1: increase your, or it's got to increase it or whatever. Is that? Yeah. Let's that's, that's back up a little bit and say we are in a society of what is happening is estrogen dominance, that our diets... And lifestyles tend to create the kind of physiology that's really good on the estrogen side and really not good on the progesterone side. So it's not fair to say, oh, soy is the problem here. It's we live a a life that tends to what I just said. So we live in an estrogen-dominant place, and that estrogen dominance tends to mean more acne, more irritability, more fatigue, uh, more... uh, irregular menstrual cycles the painful kind of things and 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 then in the end result of that would be endometriosis where the estrogen uh, uh cells production cells are now outside of the ovary and they're inside of the pelvic cavity and and it creates a pelvic pain abdominal pain
0: can we talk about food for a second uh,
1: yeah I mean, so, well, okay, I'll go towards food. That What are the big pushers down that estrogen pathway? Clearly, food is one of them, if not the big, biggest one, but it's not soy. Well, but that's, that's the only one I've ever heard of. and that- Sugar. Okay. Sugar. I'll okay. say it again. Carbs is the big push down that pathway. Now, also in that are going to be, so soy is a great food. There's a lot of health. I mean, when we were little, tofu and soy, that was a health food. I was going to ask do you eat much? Because I don't uh, eat do. tofu. Yeah, I, never see
0: no. you, I never see you eat
1: soy. Well, grapes. I'll get that at the. When we do Chinese, do you? Okay. Uh-huh, on, and I'm not doing sushi, so it's usually a dinner. We don't not because we got scared of it, but I just no. I, I, I love, to... but I would say here again, soy is one of the most genetically modified foods. Well, it's... I was
0: gonna say, so you go, to, you get somebody who's going to go vegetarian, vegan, or gluten free, or whatever, and or dairy free, and all of a sudden, I mean, that's the in this in the uh, heck the grocery stores. I mean, soy is like the number one non. You know, dairy alternative, non whatever, right. and you can you can pack yourself. I mean, when, when I first right. went vegan,
1: right, as, soy is at high.
0: nineteen years old, oh my gosh, we ate soy everything,
1: right, and I wouldn't do that because you're trying just... to do all
0: this fake stuff. I'll never forget one. <laughs> soy burgers. Yeah, well, <laughs> telling the guy, you know, talking to the guy about you know. Soy flavor, you know, make it taste like bacon. all sort. He says, "Dude, if I want bacon, I'm gonna eat bacon. <laughs> I, if I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and I'm not gonna eat this processed stuff." Right. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, we got to watch out with the soy because it is so highly processed. And we we actually don't probably because we have been skewed by the estrogen, whatever. So like with milk stuff, we get
1: coconut or almond or. So I, I think that's that's very fair to say if you stay out of the soy processing and all these fake milks are processed something. Yeah. So that's. Uh, but, but probably right. The soy milk, rice milk, I, I wouldn't choose cause there's better alternatives if you have to be dairy free. But if, if you look at soybean, I mean, I love edamame, but oh, yeah. I would get organic and non GMO. And that's, 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 you got to look for that in America. And I wouldn't do it like, oh yeah, we have edamame every night. That's, that's, we talked about yeah. that many times, but edamame. So what is the basic food of soy would be edamame and tofu. Which is fermented edamame, mm-hmm. and of course these are these are legumes, well, the beans. Can, I want to pull one because
0: it's a temptation for our family. Is the uh, fake meat
1: things you know? Oh they, yeah, now I mean, we like, have the big ones, the not. Oh, uh, Impossible the, Burger! Yeah, impo- and yeah.
0: For us, it was just Boca burgers, and you can get Boca burger, you know, chicken patties. It was you can get you know beef, chicken, whatever substitutes. You know, no, yeah. no meat, no gluten, whatever. And man, hi. so for us, we do that occasionally. We have Burger Night, and you're doing grass-fed beef, which is probably, I'm sure, it is better. And we're I'm doing argue it's better. We're doing <laughs> we're doing these processed, you know, fake patties and stuff. The kids love, it. but we do treat it as a treat. I mean, it is, sure. a, it is a, it is a, it is an absolute treat. We don't look at it as a health food, but we do it because some of the kids don't
1: eat meat, don't want to eat meat. So we, uh, and, and, and this impossible burger stuff. So it, it's still beans. It's still legumes that they're using, but it's less soy and more another pea, it's but again, mass protein. massively Massive processed. Processed. <laughs> produced. Yeah.
0: But I would say it is better than the actual burger patty over at, Wherever you know,
1: Burger King or McDonald's or whatever, and, and that'll be conjecture. And I, well, I, yeah, you know, we don't know.
0: Okay, but okay, to I, talk I, I about was, hormones. I mean, that did, is a, again, anybody yes. in the health who's gone to the health direction yes. has heard about the hormones in yes.
1: the
0: meats, meat, yes, eggs, beef. I'll chicken. agree with you there.
1: Yeah, and that's where uh, I, I and I feel sorry for people for us because to buy your foods with this awareness hormone-free, organic in these kind of words. Yes, it's more expensive. Way more. Well, it's it's just it's, frustrating. But
0: again, I want to point. So we don't eat. Eventually. And we eat less of it, yeah. We, we get uh, fish, but we get wild caught, which is.
1: Which is I, more expensive, too.
0: More expensive, and sometimes it's hard to believe. But you are, uh, you guys eat, what, beef, chicken? Yeah. And you, but, but you buy grass-fed. Here in yeah. town, a lot of times you
1: go in with people to buy a grass-fed, yeah. locally slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah quarter half whatever and and find the right people and that's why i say it's really great if you can know your farmer
0: it, okay is it fair to say because again being in the health world you read about things of oh my gosh we have you know culture of girls especially in certain demographics certain areas of the world or whatever that are hitting puberty or this is when we hit hitting yes. puberty early and they're trying to they're citing it to some degree the amount of hormones in their food
1: that they're eating yeah i would say there's no doubt that that okay that's debatable right this is huge data but if you but look at stats and go, st- gosh, yeah we have- clearly we're having you know if the average age now is is 11 12 it was 13 14 in the past and there's no doubt about that so puberty in women tends well and in men might even tend to go the other way because there again it's you know, we're estrogen dominant, it's starting the process sooner. Men are I don't know the stats on puberty and boys if that's if that's moving to the other side, uh, or starting later. But they're they're starting earlier and they're starting painful. Like and it's it it it's this thing. And is it related to the hormones in our foods? Yes. And dairy is the other one, milk and, no. and you know, that kind of hormone. And these are the neuroendocrine disruptors. That's they're in cosmetics. They're in so much of our processing of our life to try to make things easier and cheaper, and which is good, right? We all want to make available easier and cheaper. And, and
0: well, looking at food again, we come back to the industrial revolution, and we all know. Or we all know a lot. Most people, I think, know. You know, we've got cattle who used to be, as you said, grass-fed. So it's the cow that's out on your grandpa's field. It's eating uh, grass and natural stuff. And then at some point, you you kill it and eat its meat. And now we put
1: them in these industrial uh, manufacturing. uh, Yeah, they're called CAFOs, so Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations. Okay. Where... Which we we drive yeah. by them, so when we're oh, going to Texas, terrible. the back roads you yeah. go by the slaughterhouse, and it does not smell like an animal. It
0: smells like chemicals, like a chemical vat yeah. gone gone horrifically. I mean, it's the kids gag, yeah. and it's not because they don't eat a lot of meat. It's because anybody would gag. It's dis- it's disgusting. But that's what we eat in the amount of chemicals going into those animals, and then over here we are with the American Dairy Council. You know, it does a body good, and we generally have dairy for every. Se- I grew up. Every single meal, you had a glass of milk. You had cheese
1: on your, uh, you know, with your food or in your food. What other dairy? That's butter, yogurt, Mm -hmm. butter. Yeah, and those. And if we go back. A hundred and fifty years, and, and it, you had a glass of milk, you had butter, and it came from your cow in the backyard, and I would say it's probably was really good. Oh, my gosh. No, I remember it. I went to my grandparents' house, and, and they got real. it off
0: the Amish farms, and it was, I mean, the creams at the top, they'd stir it up, and you have it. It tastes like a
1: milkshake. It was incredible. So with industrialization or, or even, you know, even it's post-World War II, so pre-World War II, still 70% of America was agrarian. Wow. Yeah out on the fields right we think of big towns existed back then and they did but 70 percent was agrarian and then that transition to where now what two or three percent is is out there and it's all this massive industrialized if you pull the curtain back on the the use of animals to produce food it's it's cruel it's disgusting um And even when we go, when we buy our, it's inefficient, it's, oh, and like uh, Dr. Hyman said, it's also the chief contributor to the warming effect, to our our climate crisis. If we have, as you know, as we're warming uh, the, the food production system of, of our world is the chief contributor, not cars not the industrialized mechanized whatever else of, of producing a computer but of producing our food and and so how do we come away from and, that and if, if folks if you hear that and want to hear more about it it's mark hyman
0: h-y-m-a-n dr mark hyman the book is called food fix I think. yeah and he's got a huge podcast called uh, something pharmacy with f-a-r-m f-a-r-m-a-c-y if you type in hyman pharmacy you'll find it but the bubble up the, the The ability to do that kind of, let's go back to the animals, to be able to do that in mass production where we are overeating those hormones is a big part. How much does that play into our hormones? It's got to be a lot. So a lot of factors into
1: why our hormones messed up. I don't know, but they are. Right. And there's Mrs. Smith who says, yeah, I had tough menstrual cycles as a kid, you know, and then they'll have babies from 25 to 35 and they'll say, well, I, I you know, pregnancy weight, I lost it, I gained it. A lot of women will say, oh, I, f- I finally felt normal when I got pregnant. And other women are wrecked when they get pregnant. Yeah. And then oh, gosh, a it's lot of the, uh, post 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 postpartum depression right. and the postpartum. So so there again, when we're working with the infertility couples, they, they generally conceive. And if you're working with postpartum depression, they fear oh my gosh i want to have another kid we're planning on this but i'm just so incredibly and so of the 10 or so of those they, they don't you know they generally have a better course of of whatever when we address hormones and of course that's going to be related to insulin thyroid cortisol all of these hormones not not just the sex hormones
0: so what are the literal treatments let's just go on let's start with women so if you, when you have one, you say, gosh, I think let's try, based on your, your labs and I'm seeing this, let's try hormone therapy. There's yeah, the topicals. Let's, let's there's, do
1: that, but let's add one more category of right. menopause. So the other famous, you know, the start of a menstrual cycle, the ending of a menstrual cycle, those are the highlights of... Of very obvious sex hormone changes. And so now, normally in America, and I probably say these words, you know, 20 times a day, that uh, for, for women, and the average age is around 51, and they expect to experience negative things. Menopause mm-hmm. itself is a negative word. Mm-hmm. Very interestingly, when we were stationed in Japan, I learned that the word menopause is an honorific. Hmm. It's like saying, yes, ma'am. I thought that was very interesting. So in America, it's like, oh, we're gonna push that off and fake, like we don't have menopause because menopause means old, Mm -hmm. dry, hot flash, vaginal dryness, poor libido, changes, and the only the word means change from childbearing, not childbearing, that's that's what the word Mm -hmm. means, is just change, so your hormones don't cease and go to zero, they shouldn't. Now we don't know what they should go to and so we measure them, and we are looking for what are the better labs for this kind of a person. But hot flash, vaginal dryness, poor libido, and brain. You know, did you lose your brain with menopause? Did you lose your personality? Did you lose your memory? Did you lose your concentration? Or not lose? Did it change? Was menopause evidence of a significant brain? thinking, personality thing, and there's gonna be husbands out there going, uh yeah, that's that's you, you know, elbow to the wife over here. And andropause does exist too. It's just not as obvious in the man and oh. uh, andropause. So the the lowering of testosterone and the changing of those kind of hormones. And so that might be happening in the uh or you know, in the forties all the way to the eighties. And it's much more gray debatable should it happen at all or is it another consequence of say, our modern lifestyle Asian
0: culture and forgive me for speaking to, I'm not that but when you talk about they treated menopause as a positive in that sense for the man I know that the virility and old age was held up as highest high esteem that was a big it, you know that's important.
1: virility manliness and all of that so there again we live in a culture where to lose virility is, that's, that's, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's part of why women. I don't really want to either. I mean. But virile means able to reproduce. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I, I happen to know that you <laughs> <Can't>. are <laughs> infertile. Um, th- right. So, but a woman doesn't have a choice, mm-hmm. she becomes infertile. And when we are, if, if we talk about the sex hormones and youngness, you know, youthfulness, that's, that's part of youthfulness, yeah. certainly, and a woman doesn't have a choice at 50, it gets ripped out from under. And so, culturally, we also live in, a, in this place where it's been this patronistic, patronizing doctor who's usually a white male who says, oh, honey, we can just take care of that, and they'll surgerize it meaning take those organs out or it's here's a medicine. So from the seventies on uh, the famous Premarin and Provera kinds of things were used. And then also famously, and I'm mentioning this because most women who are in their fifties now have parents who went through this. And so we are still in it where, Oh my gosh, if I take hormones, I'm going to get cancer. I'm going to die. Taking hormones is bad. And, and that's, not necessarily true. Again, too many hormones is bad. Too few hormones is bad. There's symptoms on both sides of this, but in 2000, right around 1999, the Women's Health Study says, oh my gosh, for the last 30 or 40 years, we've been killing women by giving them these hormones. We're gonna yank all these hormones away from women. It's now, no, you don't get to have and So horrific hot flash, horrific problems for those who were on treatment, and confusion. So we are now... 15 plus years later and still in significant confusion so on the menopausal side that's where you are angling towards treatment and that's what i wanted to present that and because most people who get treatment are going to be over there in that area okay yes though you have younger women who you've true now, younger women and treatment tends to mean, oh my gosh, my, my periods are so bad, and it's almost a badge of honor that I notice in the young people is like I'm on birth control, my symptoms are so bad, I'm on birth control. Well, birth control isn't a health pill, right? It doesn't make you healthy, and there's 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 issues. It almost always will reduce your amount of B well, complex it go, vitamins.
0: It go back to you just saying that it's that it's now it's normal. Well, it wasn't. So many years ago that uh, you weren't on birth control. Well, birth control didn't exist didn't at exist. some point. It was abstinence. Um, but then getting to that point of it was created to control birth. And now it's this thing that most every girl is supposed to get to help her uh, wellness. And you have to go back and go, why? do we have? Well, did God make us with a deficit of birth control, whatever's in there?
1: <laughs> That's... And in there, I'd, I I don't want to imply that it's most girls that it seems like the norm. It's, just it's, it's so much more common than it was. Or is that just uh. and 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 here and of course my wife works with these young women, and I just ache for the family practice docs who are seeing many, many people per day. And then here comes a young, vulnerable, 14, 15, 16 year old girl who just hurts. Okay. I was going I was about to say this and I was going to not, but why not? It's our show. We
0: can, people here and don't like us, don't listen. How, how often, how much is the propensity to prescribe birth control for a health reason, a PMS reason, but it's also to help uh, control, control birth, the birth. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, so a, it's a good excuse to give them birth control so that they can have sex and not get pregnant
1: yeah it, it's got a factor in. I, I and you know for for that and you know we have teenagers and teaching my young men to respect her so much that there's a protection there that that that, that there's an honor there and then when, if you can't, it changes the psyche. Even if somebody has pure, noble intentions and all of that, but there's, oh, I'm on birth control. Safeguard. <sighs> I mean, well, okay, yeah, at least that won't happen. So yeah. it absolutely changes. Every single, and so with my wife working with, in a crisis pregnancy center, and so these unexpected pregnancies happen. And it's an unintended um, situation, and so often a, a girl will even say, "Well, my mom just put me on birth control. I didn't even really understand," hmm. and or it was, "Yeah, the the symptoms were so bad, we just went ahead and started that." But did it play into her decision or lack of awareness or something? Absolutely, hmm. it, it. Of course, it does. So. So here we are, and it's become this very common thing, and, and people take it for health reasons. But again, back to the family practice doc, it takes time to really get into that young girl's heart and say, you know, be aware. There's all of these other issues going on, um, and, and, and our medical system just doesn't do that, yeah. right? We don't have the time to do that. So 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 there's the therapy on that young side. If I'm working with somebody who is in that frustrating place, then we start at different places we start where we have started in the past with uh, what's your nutrition of course and and for young women, the stress factor of trying to do grades they get up at gosh awful early they go to bed gosh awful late that they don't get enough sleep and I look at it and i said why wouldn't your body be under stress and it and it the I, hormone cycle is so special, it's dainty.
0: I was okay, right there. Uh, back to infertility. I was going to mention this earlier. I have heard a good number of stories, enough that obviously it sticks in my mind, of the person, and, and I think a lot of people have heard that the person, a uh, couple, they went along, they could not conceive and they went and they did this, they did that, couldn't conceive. Finally they decided, you know what? we're just going to go the adoption route. They go they adopt a kid and boom, get pregnant. Where's the psychosis? Psych, right, they, psychosis, they relax. Psychology. Exactly. Yeah, they. I, well, you going back to it's so.
1: What did you say? Uh, not S-s-s- fragile d- or dainty. D- d- it's dainty. Fragile. We take it for granted. Yeah. This. I mean, imagine it just starts. You know, you're 12 years old, and yeah. it, it just starts, and then for 40 years, it just goes every 28 ish days, and there's this cycle, and we. Pound on it with lack of sleep and too much stress and sugar, 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 I'm insulin, thinking insulin about, I'm insulin, thinking insulin. about
0: that couple that's going along. How many of those couples, and of course, I'm just theorizing here, are going along. And it's their stress about the conception alone oh, yeah. that is
1: screwing up and, that daintiness. And but key-tiness. we have to say to those people, think of the psychology that you just put them into. You're, you're just yelling at them, stop being so stressed out about being stressed out. Well, yeah. And, and well, so... Then everybody can go figure out why is it? That would be
0: the question. Why is it that we have this percentage of people that cannot conceive and within a
1: short period of time yeah. after adopting, they conceive? Sure. Uh, it, it's, so, and that's where I, I, again, not to say that, oh my gosh, we're, we're just in a losing situation. No, that if we elevate the foundational truths of life of nutrition and exercise and sleep and all of, the, all of those kind of things, then the hormones just kind of happen. So I like to think that in our culture, especially the sex hormones, so we are in a sex-driven culture. Yeah. And, and, and those Viagra commercials aren't married couples. Well, okay, I take that back. Some of them are. Never mind, never mind. We're in a sex-driven commercial uh, culture. world, culture. So, but in reality, sex... Happens like we use the word turn on, like the libido mm-hmm. happens when things are just right. And that's much more dainty in a woman. So along comes mm-hmm. stressful days, busy kids, uh, those kind of things, and it won't, quote unquote, turn on. It's just like, man, we had a great date night, we had everything, but it just, it won't click. Whatever, However we say those words, right? Because that's, that's the spice of life. That's the icing on the cake. That's the tail of the dog. Going back to the normal, it's expectation, especially in a woman,
0: that it's just going to decrease. That's just the norm. As you get older, it is, For not, notwithstanding menopause.
1: Yep. Where and people say, "Well, what do you expect? Yep. You know, you're 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 older. You're tired. This is what happens, and you're probably depressed." So down they go, the medication pathway of antidepressants or things like that, which is not wrong, but it isn't getting to the, we have to flip it around. Our culture, it's the tail wagging the dog, right? Sex sells. So everything gets pointed that way. And if sex doesn't work, well, you are broken, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, oh my gosh. And flip it around. If the dog, if we're taking care of the main part of the situation, the tail tends to follow. Instead of the tail trying to wag the dog. yeah. So that to me is also for these couples so refreshing. We say, hey, look, you're in it. So job number one is to say we're going to restart the clock right now. We're just going to restart the clock. So you're just going to have to agree to agree. I know you're feeling the pressure, but it's another year. And that, that's the definition. So, so as we're working on these things, I'm going to give you all these things to do. And to think about and whatever else, but just just let yourself restart the clock. Yeah, you know, put it a year out there, and if this hasn't happened in a year, then you know what? It's a better. You're going to have a better chance of success with IVF and these other things.
0: That that is a great statement for the fertility aspect. That is as you support. The overall foundation with all this functional medicine, uh, you know, tenants that we talk about here in the show, that even if you then still need to go, you're a better candidate. Do the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the treatments, mm-hmm. better chance that it's going to take. Okay. I want to take that and come back again to, you know, somebody, uh, people doing the right things, and then some of them do have enough brokenness in this area that you do prescribe what what do you what is a literal because there's different
1: uh, right. so, treatments men and women so on the, so if we think through the young woman's eyes then we will add and this is over the counter you can buy over the counter progesterone mm-hmm. so as you're trying to live the kind of life that's toning down the fuel for estrogen right you want we want to balance the estrogen progesterone and so we might put in a topical progesterone cream and that can be an over-the-counter one, and you just want to get one that's that's really good. Topical? I didn't know that. So over-the-counter topical, topical progesterone, progesterone cream for, for a girl, woman for a woman. <laughs> Remember that one time I in our uh, I put an estrogen cream in for you?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on a list of prescribed. I was gonna get. You know, I'm a
1: trusting uh, guy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So, so back to the young woman. We and we would say, hey, this is a nudge. It's a help for young women outside of when we do have to use uh, the the birth control. Um, there there isn't for young people, and certainly for a young man, we're not going to do testosterone. We're not going to do. There's no medications that um, uh, if, if outside of the extreme, like there's going to be the the you know one in a million kind of a thing. But for the general people that we're looking at, it is get your lifestyle going. But for the young women, hey, if you add in the progesterone, there's a chance that that can help. There's a whole lot of supplements out there that we sort of fiddle around with. Sure,
0: but I, I do want to hit into the, you know, I mean, right now. So right now here in the practice with however many patients mm-hmm. that you have, a number or a percentage. I know you're going to say. I, I assume that it's it's few, but you do have some women that are taking a what a topical cream, topical cream, uh-huh. which is a prescribed. You know, comes from the compounding pharmacy,
1: right? So let's go else. over to menopause. So now you're on to the menopausal side of things. Well, don't you started with girls? You know the few that right. Might need, so so the over-the-counter creams, I know. the lower doses.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but pre-menopause, so the women that aren't even there. That sometimes you are prescribing something to before we even get to menopause
1: is what? If their labs are low enough. Yeah. Then, yeah. So then we can use estradiol and progesterone and testosterone as medicines. Pill form, topical, both. So, so in this area, it's very important that you do get with a trusted clinician because the testing is hard do we use salivary urine blood testing and that's kind of controversial debatable what what are you what's your main so i usually use the blood because it is easier and cheaper and we can run it through insurance a lot of the times but i suspect that the most accurate is going to be the urine side of things so a great testing company that's out there is called dutch which stands for dried urine total complete hormone so they have a lot of educational videos um dutch testing and um there are lots of books and so this is an area to to understand and know and read about and it is controversial so there isn't a clear exactly right pathway to urine or blood or whatever so i i tell women all the time look <clears throat> this is mostly going to be about our conversations. How do you feel? And if you say, "Oh, I feel terrible, but you also aren't doing nutrition, exercise, sleep." It's like, "Well, let's we're still going to have to start there because you want to be Again, this is fine tuning. Well,
0: well, but I appreciate. I want to pull that out again that generally, well, or always, you are not going to go prescribe a pharmaceutical medication until somebody until, has done the other right. things right it, to me that would be malpractice yeah it's like a high blood pressure do you have any patients right now on high blood pressure you probably do well yeah sure but but, but if you got the guy that comes in you had this I'll, I'll never forget the guy he said you know what I just I would rather just take my pill and eat what and I want he, yeah and, and he said it, I'm
1: just going to eat a steak and I'm going to take Lipitor and,
0: and, he, <laughs> and that was when you changed over to a cash pay practice and he did not remain there so you're only going to be prescribing to those people who have done who are doing their homework
1: otherwise. Sure. Yeah. And wouldn't all the people out there say, gosh, yeah, that's how I also raise my kids. I'm not gonna clean their room for them. I might help my three year old as I'm teaching him how to do that, but by the time he's thirteen it's just get the thing done Mm -hmm. you know there's not a pill for that more acutely wiping butts at some point
0: hopefully nobody's (laughs) out there with a 10 year
1: old who's who's mommy
0: i'm done now yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's a point where you go okay buddy it's up to you okay so granted uh so anyway but but
1: back to those. so there's some right so we just went all facetious there and it is It is complex, and this is where I'd say the expertise of a physician or a clinician who's, you know, working in that world, and I know that we are the limiting factor. There's not a lot of functional medicine docs out there. That's the most common question we get is, you know, well, I live over here. Where can I find a doc like that? So so the encouragement then is to educate yourself and understand that you're you're not having a deficiency of uh, a medication if you give your body what it needs it, it does want to get better but sometimes like you say it just we're too far gone whatever i mean you've had some guys that are relatively healthy active guys that were low in testosterone sure. and you prescribed, uh, and again, there's topical, there's a pill, there's. Uh, yep. Um, and kinetic. so we'll use any number of ways. The, probably the most effective is injection. So people don't okay. like that, right. you know, but. but uh, that
0: is it. That has to come from a.
1: That's going to be or, a, from a doc. And, with and what do you do with all the guys? How do the guys get it that are out there? They're just doing it. I was just going to say muscle. it's controlled because of those guys. Those guys are cheating. How do they get it? Well, on the street. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You're asking? I don't know. I, I've always wondered. That, I like sell a, them out the, back, out the back door, man. back door, uh,
0: But, like, yeah, the bodybuilder guys who are out there. There's no problem that they're just wanting to bulk up. Are they getting a doctor to prescribe it? Or it's literally I, out there? On the, I didn't I, know. I, I really don't know. have never heard of that, that somebody got busted in an alley for selling testosterone? <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's the whole Lance Armstrong,
1: you know, the, the video. Of these. He had a,
0: well, he did have a doc that was hooking
1: him up, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, and, yeah. Right. I'm glad to say you and I do not know how to procure <laughs> illegal <laughs> no, drugs. if anybody's interested, I'll see if I can find some. Well, I, yeah. So, so for the guys, you know, and there for the guys we measure, well, for the women too, we're, we're doing the blood work and if you've got a, a testosterone level of, you know, 100 and you have t- low testosterone symptoms, you know, low libido, I can't gain weight, or I can't build muscle, then I'm going to say, well, let's work on all these other things. But if we give you the medicine, you're going to feel better faster.
0: Well, and talk about the thing uh, that was uh, used my labs where I was producing enough testosterone, like I'm at a healthy level, but I wasn't assimilating it. I had never heard that I yeah so looking understand.
1: at the whole and so this is where this is the steroidogenic pathway so if you want to google something and you look at the steroidogenic pathway like how does kevin miller wind up with testosterone well your pathway is just like mine It's just like your wife's it's the same pathway but going from one chemical to the next is enzymatically controlled. So now into your genetics. And how does your genetics set things up? And you're a male, so it produces a different way than than a woman does, but it's the same pathway. And right at the top of that pathway is cholesterol. So here again, you and I grew up in the 80s with low fat, low cholesterol for 30 whatever years. And is that going to impact our andropause as we hit those years? And I would say, well, yeah, probably. You know, and and here we are. So um So it starts off with cholesterol, which is a kind of a fat, and then pregnenolone and then progesterone. And then there's kind of a dividing line right there where, and that's where I would go to me and you, that your body is right now making a decision because you just ate, well, you ate like three days ago. (laughs) So good job. So what you ate three days ago, your body is still, well, you're consuming stored fat right now. And your body is deciding right now and right now and right now, are we going to take this resource of a, of a stored cholesterol and we're going to break it down and we're going to go down this pathway or down this pathway. And so that dividing line is cortisol to DHEA, cortisol being the stress hormone. So for if, if our hormones are on the low side and, and, and we looked at mine and mine was lower than it was, and I would say the biggest factor there would be a stress response. over time and then your body also gets into a habit it tends to do what it has been doing so if you live in that stress world and the hormone imbalance of too much cortisol and and is pulling resources away down a stress response and it doesn't go over there, the next one is DHEA which leads to testosterone and estrogen, well sure there's less of a sexual response and that makes sense, I'm stressed out you know, things don't turn on so so if we go back over to the DHEA, and that's what we had measured in you, uh, was to say, well, what's the DHEA level, and then DHT comes after that. So we can measure all of those things and kind of see where where does the imbalance seem to be happening? Where do we try to change your behavior? Where might we inject a supplement or a a, a therapy? So if you, I mean, so again, overall, obviously, the primary message
0: in this show and, and all of them are. Taking care of the body overall is your best method methodology for dealing, making sure your hormones are where they need to be. If, however, you feel like you're doing those things and you do, or you are struggling with sex drive, with PMS, with fatigue, all these things. Yep. This could be an area to specifically address, and that is when even you have those times of going, okay, we are going to supplement mm-hmm. with something that wish we didn't need need to right. use but in this case
1: let's it might use, be relevant use a tool and in contrast to some of our other shows this is also a place where you need a doc yeah. well the you can go get your labs but this is such a difficult interpretation and we've talked about those lab companies uh where you can go and pay for your own hormone labs yeah. it's pricey and then you're going to pay another priciness if you want a doctor consultation through those mm-hmm. companies i don't know how they do that um and even in that sense, it's not cut and dried, and it never will be. So don't think that, and, and we tell people all the time as we're starting this, look, this is, a, this is squishy science. This is really fuzzy science. Uh, we, we can measure levels precisely, but it doesn't, we can have a guy with a testosterone of 100, he's got no ED, he's got perfect libido, he's building muscle, he's going to the gym every day. And, and you know, why would I mess with his testosterone? And another guy with you know eight hundred, and he's got all these symptoms. So, so this is a difficult one, and I encourage people to you know learn about it if they need to. Uh, it's 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 emotional, it's frustrating, it's fuzzy, and so always trust the foundation that we've talked about before. That's always going to be helpful, um, and try to lean into finding a doc that that can help you, and then depending upon what the what the landing point is, if you're down the infertility pathway or down on any of these other pathways, you know, that's going to be that pain, that perception is going to be some of your motivation mm-hmm. to, to address these issues.
0: Okay. Friends, this show will likely have many of you feeling some hope with symptoms you're dealing with and the possibility that hormone treatment could help you. Hey, thank you as always for choosing to tune into this self-helpful podcast. If you got value, it'd be great. If you'd leave a review, let us know. And the best thing you can do, keep the discussion going, share what you learned here today. Talk about it with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.